Welcome back to the Easton Target Archery Podcast. I'm George Tekmachev. With me today, once again, Brittany and Bruce from the NFAA. Good morning. How's it going in Yankton? Good. How are you, George? Hanging in there. Brittany, how's it going? Good. We're staying warm. Oh, that's good. To, that's good to hear. A lot of hard work to be done in the next few days as some super exciting things are being announced. And I just want to um, get started by talking about the virtual Vegas event, which you've been working on ever since back in December. It was determined that it wouldn't be feasible to have a live Vegas shoot at the normal time, which we'd be getting ready for in just one week from now. Um, what's the status on virtual Vegas? Yep. So we've actually set the dates. Uh, so the dates are going to, it's going to start March 12th and we're going to go all the way until the week of the in-person Vegas shoot, which will be April 12th. So people will have a full month to shoot three rounds. Okay. So that, uh, that really is an open opportunity for anybody in the world to participate at the Vegas shoot and potentially win prize money. Yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty excited about that, George. That's, you know, um, everybody, uh, I think, realizes that the Vegas shoot is made up of multiple different facets, but the largest by far are the flights, which is what's going to be the virtual tournament this year. And, you know, predominantly that's the, the amateur shooters or the shooters that are just getting ready to make the step into the pros. And um, we're excited that we're able to do that because, you know, having used world archery as a little bit of a, a guinea pig, so to speak, to watch what they've done and, and the good things they've done. And, um, you know, we're able to apply those to this. But, you know, for all the listeners, the big thing about the virtual Vegas is that it's a crapshoot, just like it is in Vegas when you're there. Um, you know, we flight diff by different methods. And the cool part is, and what everybody wants to understand is that eight out of every 35 people, 30 people um, are going to win money. And, um, you know, that's, that's the neat part, you know, and, and what we're going to do, we're going to do a live event uh, for the actual drawing of that, um, you know, on a YouTube or some format to, so people can actually look and see, you know, what prizes they've won. And it's, uh, you know, it's thousands and thousands of dollars. So it's going to have the same atmosphere. It's just that you're going to be able to do it with a few of your buddies or, you know, do it at a local range or wherever you choose to do it. So it's going to be fun. And we'll be looking forward to seeing the details of how to get involved in that coming up later this month at NFAAUSA.com and through the NFAA's social media. Yep. We'll have all that on there. And, and then, um, you know, people can look at it. You know, the, the one thing that I'll say, just so everybody understands, you know, first and second and third, is that what it's going to be? Brittany? Yep. Yeah. First, second and third are, of course, going to be determined by your scores. Um, everything else is by scores too, but you never know as a shooter where the flight breaks are going to be. So that's kind of the crapshoot atmosphere. And, um, I think it's just going to add a lot of the Vegas atmosphere to an online virtual shoot. So we're excited and I think everybody will have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Fantastic opportunity there. And, uh, you know, as you get closer, uh, to settling out the final details, uh, we'll keep our, our listeners informed and uh, let them know the, uh, you know, the entry fees and the timelines, the deadlines, that kind of thing. But at least now we have a firm date for when this is going to start. That's, that's great news. But uh, as great as that is, the fact is, you know, everybody, Bruce and Brittany, every, every time we have a virtual event, we say, 
yeah, it's great. We have a virtual event, but we can't get, we can't wait to get back to live archery. And here we are one week away from the start of the Rushmore rumble. Um, you've got a pretty good uh, turnout for the Rushmore rumble coming up. Uh, give us a little bit of an update on that before we talk about the even more exciting news coming down the road. Yeah. You know, the, um, the Rushmore rumble was obviously a, a tournament that we thought of uh, due to the COVID and the pandemic. Um, once again, super excited, had great response. Um, you know, the thing that's been bothering me the most is what you just said. We want, people want to have the camaraderie of getting together, um, having a real shoot. I mean, that's what archery is all about. And, uh, we were able to put this together with some great sponsors and some help. And, um, you know, here we are, we've got 700 shooters, uh, entered as of this point, we're going to be shooting a lot of fun, a lot of long days and, um, you know, we, we advertised this, I think, when we started at thirty-five dollars or $50,000 prize pot. And because of the number of entrants, the pot's up to $75,000. So, wow. I mean, you know, and, and we said it from the beginning, the more we get, the more we pay back. We're not, we're not trying to keep it. You know, we need to keep a healthy organization, number one. But number two, uh, we want to give back to the people that are given to us. So it's, uh, it's going to be a great event, and we're really excited about it. Um, we're getting everything set up and, you know, the motels are pretty much getting full and, um, just going to be a great time. Yeah, absolutely. 75 grand is right up there with, you know, that's Vegas money from a few years ago. So that's, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, that's really remarkable considering you pulled it together in literally a month. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, the other really cool thing, George, is the, um, the actual round we're shooting, you know, we're taking a hybrid target. We're taking Vegas colors um, and adding it to the NFAA normal five spot. And uh, I think people, uh, a lot of neat comments out there on social media about that. You know, some people go, oh, I love it. Some are like, my God, this is hard to shoot. And then huh. people, what are you talking about? It's the same size target. And it's, <laughs> you know, it just added that, I think, little uniqueness that uh, fits the name, the Rushmore Rumble. Absolutely. And I think that that, you know, let's see what happens. And and perhaps we're looking forward to yet another potential standalone event coming, going forward in the future, maybe, you know, or some hybrid, you know, maybe bring that target to the Vegas shoot in the future. Things like that could be looked at, I suppose, depending on the kind of feedback you get. Yep, absolutely. Well, the exciting news is that uh, one month after the Rumble, a little more than that, uh, you are going to have yet another big event at the Eastern Archery Center in Yankton. Yes, we are. Um, you know, we took a long time uh, trying to do our due diligence on our national indoor, and we just ran into a situation where it was just feasibly impossible to have it in Louisville. Um, you know, the, the, the pandemic has caused tons of problems, and we could spend the whole time talking about that. But um, you know, the bottom line is we've, uh, we've had our, our meetings, our council got together, we set a date and we're going a week after what the normal date would have been. Um, and basically what we're doing, I mean, we've got an excellent venue here. It's obviously not the size of the Louisville convention center. So we're going to add a day to the event, which I think is going to make it kind of neat. Um, you know, we're going to have the, the seniors and, and the pros shoot, you know, a Friday, Saturday, um, and then we're going to have everybody else shoot Saturday, Sunday and end up with our normal awards. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's the, the old blue and white single spot or five spot target. 
Um, the classic NFAA target. Yep, exactly. I mean, it's been around since we can all remember. And, um, you know, the good thing is COVID didn't stop us. So um, last year we had to make adjustments, you know, with the virtual and that went very, very well. Um, this year, people are really, really wanting to get back together. I think, think things are starting to finally get better nationwide. And uh, this was our best of all choices. Absolutely. So March 18 through the 21st will be the new dates for indoor nationals. And that'll be taking place at the NFAA Easton Yankton Archery Center. Um, you know, I, I know that was not an easy decision to make, but you, you just basically you had no choice given the restrictions that are in place in Louisville right now, right? Yeah. And, you know, um, right now, I mean, it was, our choice was simple. We have it here or we don't have it. Um, right. Right. And, it's, and it's, I mean, you know, our organization has been around since 1939. Um, you know, we started our first national indoor in the seventies and uh, it's been a tradition that obviously all of our customers love. And uh, you know, from our standpoint, it was like, we're, we're going to have this thing. Um, we're going to follow the COVID guidelines. Uh, we're going to do the best job we can do to keep everybody safe. You know, if somebody doesn't want, doesn't feel like they should be around people, then we obviously say, sorry, but don't come. Um, you know, that's just the times that we're in. But, you know, I, th I think that the Rushmore Rumble is showing that there's a, a desire for people to do something. And of course, this is the national championship now. So we hate to go without it. You know, that's, that's the bottom line. Well, and, and the bottom line is either you'd had it, you'd have it in Yankton or you would not have an event period. That's, yeah, that, that's that was your choice. So, you know, I mean, there, there's, there's going to be some people that look at that and go, Oh, Louisville was in driving distance, but Yankton isn't. That's, that's not really true. If you look at the map, it's, it's a little interesting, you know, how, not so difficult it is to get to Yankton from a lot of the places that would have gone to Louisville. Yeah. You know, Louisville is, is in the heart of our, our clientele. There's no doubt about oh, it. Oh yeah. No, no, no doubt. You know, it, it's uh, it is, it is what it is, but you know, South Dakota is geographically located in the center of the country. Um, so it's fair for everybody. And you know, it's not, I, I mean, yeah, some of them are going to be long days drives. I mean, we drive to Louisville almost every year. And, you know, it's a, it's an all day drive. So if you're coming from the other side, you know, it could be <laughs> another day, you know, if you're coming from the Southeast or the Southwest, but um, you know, as we looked at heat maps and where our shooters are from, it was the only obvious choice we had. So, um, you know, at this point in time, if, if people can't make it, we sure feel sorry for them that they couldn't, but we've done our due diligence the best we can. Okay. So this would be the, uh, this will be the 41st edition of the NFAA Indoor National started back in 1980 in Omaha, Nebraska, by the way, which uh, which really means that it's kind of, uh, you know, getting back to its uh, its start from the standpoint of geography. Yeah. Let's just so, hope we don't have what we had happen the first year in Omaha. We, we oh. had a pretty good blizzard. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, it's it can be cold here and we can have snow, but um, I think it's going to be a good good time for everybody, I think. We're excited about it. I mean, the vast majority of people are happy that we're having one. So, I have a feeling that that particular weekend in March will be a very nice weather weekend. We'll just go with that for now. That's right. <laughs> All right. So that's that's part of the good news. There's a second shoe dropping, and that is Vegas Championships. We've got the details worked out. Yes, we do. The uh, 
you know, and to clarify for everybody that the championship um, in-person event this year is unique by a lot of standards. Um, number one, the basic premise was that we're going to be held to a lot smaller number um, of, of participants. So it was an obvious thing that the championship are the people that are shooting for the money, um, you know, and, and it's best to have them, of course, you know, head to head with officials and judges and everything there. So that was a good choice. The number fits pretty close. That's about, you know, 800 people total. Um, and obviously we won't get all of them. The international people are going to be tough yet. Um, but hopefully some of that opens up too. But this year, uh, for the first time ever, we are going to allow anybody that shoots in the amateur divisions, the virtual tournament, they are going to have the option to come to Vegas and shoot for the first time ever in a championship division. Um, and, and by just paying that fee to do it. So anybody that's been thinking, Hey, I want to try that. Or, you know, gosh, I wish uh, I had a chance to shoot both. Well, this is the only year you're going to be able to do that. Um, obviously the uh, prices have been reduced. Um, you know, the, the price for the normal championship in Vegas for the, the big division, the open um, compound has been $500. Um, we've dropped that to 300, uh, which is the same as all the other championships now. So, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the gist of the, the logistics of it. Um, you know, everything as far as the Vegas shoot itself goes will be just like always, um, you know, in person. We'll have some, you know, CDC guidelines that we have to follow in Vegas and some Vegas specific ones. But um, for all practical purposes, it's a go and, and we're set for April and we're excited. What's the uh, what are the entry fees looking like at this point? Do you do you have that calculated yet? Yeah. You know what? For the championship, it's, it's just what I said there. It'd be three hundred dollars for all championships. Um, the, the only thing that we may do, and that's why we haven't announced all the virtual stuff yet, for those people that shoot the virtual and decide to come and shoot a championship, we may have some reduced rate for them. Um, I see. You know, because the good part is the championship, you know, the so-called pro shooters um, uh, really can't complain about new people coming in because it's just adding money to the pot. Um, sure. You know, Nobody's so going to complain about yeah, more participants. Win win for everybody. And, you know, for some of those people that are, like I said, just testing the waters and, you know, they go, I don't really know if I should do that. Well, this may be the opportunity. Um, sure. And it would be the opportunity to win twice. So, sure. Yeah. So, um, when should some of the people who are planning to participate in this start thinking about accommodations in Vegas? Is that something that has been decided at this point? Because I know that things are a little fluid with uh, with the restrictions in Vegas. There's also been some, as we speak, as we record this today, some significant improvements in some numbers involving the pandemic. Do we anticipate that uh, people can start calling the South Point and making room arrangements pretty soon? Or, or what exactly is going on there? Yeah, and I'll let Brittany give you the details on that. But what I'll say just generically, um, when it comes to travel plans this year, if you're pretty sure you're going, make them. Um, and the reason I'm saying that is because we've never had an opportunity like this year to be able to change, cancel, refund, you know, all the airlines, all the motels, they're all open to that because they have no choice. So right. As a practical matter, you're pretty yeah. safe making plans right now. Real safe. But Brittany has all the details. Everything's open for registration. Um, you know, as far as the hotels go and 
Go ahead, Brittany. Yes. Yeah, so the we have secured a block at South Point and then next door at Grandview as well. So that's all set and we'll post that information next week. If you want to get ahead of the curve, you can call in um, and mention that you're with the Vegas shoot with archery and they'll probably let you in early. But that'll okay. be posted next week. Okay. So let's reiterate the dates for folks who haven't been keeping notes. Um, deadline for entry for the virtual Vegas is when exactly? So the, so entry will start beginning of March and then we're actually going to allow people to register up until the 9th of April. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. So what we'll do is, as soon as you register, we have a little bit of administrative work to do on our end. Um, so we'll take your entry, we'll turn it around and put it in INCO, our scoring platform. Right. And then you'll actually get an email explaining everything you need to do and a copy of your scorecard. Okay. Yep. And so go ahead. Go. No, you, you first. I was just going to say, so it's going to be super simple. You'll print out your scorecard. You'll do your scores on paper scorecard and on the app, and then you'll submit them to us. Okay. So that's for the virtual. Yep. And now for the in-person, um, what's the procedure that people should follow if they want to get ready for that? Yeah. So the in-person Vegas is going to be a little different because we're a little limited with numbers right now. We're actually going to open up registration in late February for anyone that shot championship in 2020 or 2019. So they're going to have first dibs on, on the spots. And then once, you know, we'll give them about two weeks to register and then we'll open it up to the public. Okay. So there's going to be a window of exclusivity uh, for people who've shot championship in the last couple of years, followed by opening up the rest of the block. If it's still available, it should be, by the way, I would think. Um, yeah. Uh, to the people who are uh, wanting to join for the first time, including, as Bruce pointed out, those people participating in the virtual Vegas who want to also enter the championship round. Yep, that's correct. What a great opportunity. Yeah, it's a, you know, the, the amateurs obviously are um, a very, very big part of the NFAA. Oh, yeah. And, you know, sometimes the pros kind of upstage the amateurs and, um, you know, my heart and soul is into the amateurs because, like I said, that's our big numbers. Um, well, remember, every amateur or every pro, rather, started as an amateur. Yep, absolutely. 100%, every single case. So from that perspective, I think that, uh, you know, you have to build a pyramid with a wide bottom. And that's, you know, the amateurs are the ones who provide the foundation for what happens in the future. And uh, catering to both is important. You know, you, you might have the show uh, with the pros, but the go comes from the amateur base. And uh, you can't have both. You can't have it without both, I should say. Right. It's really important. So thanks for thanks for making that commitment, Brittany and Bruce. That is a great uh, package of news for everybody to look forward to for the springtime. As the numbers continue to improve um, regarding the pandemic, we will look forward to seeing everybody in Vegas as we get back to archery and the NFAA leading the charge to get us back in-person archery, as well as for those who aren't able to, to travel quite yet, opportunities for continuing virtual archery with a Vegas-style payback. That's awesome news. Thank you. Absolutely. Let's try that again. And we're back with Steve the Big Anderson. Hey, Steve. How's it going, man? It's going. 
Good. Hey, are you dialed in, ready for getting ready for the Vegas Championship thing? Are you planning to do that? Yeah, I am. I am planning on doing that. So, what's the um, after all this time? Basically, correct me if I'm wrong because I probably am. But I think it's been what September since the last time you got to go to a live tournament of this scale. Uh, yep, September since I shot anything with real, you know. Live tournament, yes. Yeah. So, what um, what's your plan for getting ready for the Vegas Championship round taking place in mid-April? Uh, not going to do anything different, you know. I uh, it, it, I'm sure you know. I haven't thought that through all the way because when you say mid-April, that's obviously it's encroaching into what we previously knew as outdoor season. Exactly, because Redding's Redding's going to take place, hopefully. At least that's been announced. And so, but, you know, does it matter? Redding would be two weeks later. Yeah. You know? But does it matter? I don't care anymore. Yeah, give us our best tournaments and screw the rest. And who cares about indoor, outdoor? Obviously, outdoor has to play to the weather. But it fits the middle of the summer, and we want to shoot a great indoor tournament. Let's do it. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I figured as much. More along the lines of what kind of training plan would you suggest maybe for folks who are in that same position as you getting ready to shoot the championship around in Vegas and also trying to be ready for outdoor season? I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's all the same principles in place. You think you might um, toy around with different equipment for this? I will use the same bow. I'm a big believer in trying to stick to the same bow because you know how it is. You can set up two bows exactly the same, and they're not. And yeah, they're they're. They, I mean, they can have every measurable be exactly the same, and they just don't feel the same. So whatever little microcosm is involved, I don't know. But what I what I would seriously invest in if I were not already invested in it is a a swap rest. You know, I have a new freak show QD rest. I can. I, I have it written on all of my rest bodies, what arrows it's for. I can go on and off, change my scope to match the game if I'm using a different scope or lens or whatever. And, and uh, you know, that's, a, that's an easy way to go about getting prepped for different events. You know, I would love to tell people go buy like four or five bows, um, but that's not feasible. But you can be ready with these new rests. That That is makes it simple so that's a qd type rest tell me about the zeroing um it comes off goes back on use a torque wrench or do you just put it on just put it on so there's a the bracket remains there's a bracket internally that is toothed right so you take your rest body off and then put the other one back and it goes over the top of that bracket you run two bolts in and you are indexed perfectly so that sounds really good because what what yeah. you know also you could just set up an identical rest so that if the blade goes down you know because that i don't know about you but the most i've seen in terms of actual mechanical equipment failure in the last few years is when a blade either breaks or gets caught on somebody's uh finger sling or something happens with the blade, that seems to be the vulnerability on a lot of bows. And so it sounds like a really good way to have a backup uh, without having to bring a whole backup. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. That's a good idea, though. You know, you can run around with, uh, 
even if you're just keeping a an extra blade or an extra rest, you know, in the car, you can easily get back to it, swap it out, and be up and running again with the same thing. That, that's not a bad idea. And the thing about blades is, someone say, "Well, why not just put a new blade on?" You know, and yeah, that that works. But blades need shot in typically, right. so they uh, they do need a few a few shots through them till they're settled or whatever. Yeah, and no. even though blades are made to a pretty good tolerance, I'm not convinced that 100% of the time when you swap out a blade, you're going to get the exact same arrow position and, and you know, do that in the middle of a tournament, I, you know, without right. the opportunity maybe to get some ciders. I, I like the idea of a backup system like that. Yeah, and you know what? I've In all my archery career, I've never really had the problem present itself to where it really mattered. So, you know, someone's going to say, well, why not just get something that's not a blade rest so it doesn't happen or whatever but you know what i've seen so many drop waste fail oh yeah there's and a I, lot more going I've on seen, there yeah and i've never i've never truly had a problem with a blade in an event so i just remember very vividly in croatia when mel nichols had to sprint about two miles to grab Braden galantine's backup bow out of his room before a match was about to start because Braden's rest had literally failed from rust <laughs> i'm not making this up these are carbon steel <laughs> blades and they do rust but holy crap <laughs> that was a that was yeah. an interesting thing yeah and you know that's where you know bow maintenance comes into play so yeah well <laughs> a little bit of bow maintenance is never a bad idea you know yeah uh, at that time i think that uh, the archer in question was probably spending more time focused on his shot execution and less on his equipment maintenance but i you know that's that's a guess on my part it's and easy it, to get wrapped up in something and not pay attention to some of the other things especially something as simple as a blade so so what about uh what about sighting solutions for indoors versus outdoors are you thinking maybe you might need to change out your peep and scope or just one of those or none of that well the new peeps you know from specialty or if you use a ham ski i think theirs is the same they got the screw in yeah apertures screw in a insert easily uh, i usually carry two sights or i will uh you know just swap a side body and the, the thing there though it, it depends on what site you're using um you know if you're using a, an excel like i am i like to have I like to have two sides. Sure. I can always just swap out a, a scope and all that, but on a different uh, third axis block. But then you're dealing with windage and all that too. So I just like to carry a a uh, second sight and throw it on there, and it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Well, at now, least I always have another bow on hand. You know. Yeah, but not everybody know what's does. But this, you know, this might be good for folks who are thinking about, all right, I've got an outdoor bow that I've got tuned and I, I really am happy with the solution I've got on there. It might give folks an idea or some ideas on how to relatively quickly turn things around from an indoor to an outdoor setup. Uh, because I think quite a few of our listeners are probably planning to shoot the Vegas championship and then turning around and going to outdoor events almost immediately afterward. So this this could be a good solution. Yeah, I would say one of the hardest things to contend with is a lot of times indoor and outdoor you use a little bit different peep height for a compound archer. Right. And sometimes you've been shooting a, a peep, you know, in a certain position for an entire season, 
and then you move it just slightly, well, it'll work its way back into where it was because you develop a little groove there. Yeah, in the string so system. Gotta be, yeah, you got to be pretty careful with that and pay good attention. And that's yeah. where a good tie-in system Good tie-in system and and witness marks, you know, so a paint pen or something like that, so you know exactly where the thing needs to be because it doesn't take much to change things up. Yep, exactly. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. So, uh, how's things going around the uh, Anderson shooting facility? Are you uh, and Linda back into a regular practice routine now? Yep, trying to you know shoot as much as I can right now and get ready, and I'll just. I will be back shooting. I'm not too concerned about anything. I'm not trying to over prepare. I'm just happy that we get to do it again. That's, uh, you know, um, 10 months ago, I don't know if any of us knew what our future held in anything. I don't think we were thinking this. (laughs) Yeah. I I would say, you know, it was a year ago. In fact, a year ago, um, pretty much last week or so when this started to really become a thing and i you know i'm pretty sure i was in japan at the time uh japan or thailand or one of those places and you know it was getting people's attention but nobody was freaking out about it and yeah I you mean, know yeah here we are different world <laughs> different world 